Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Welcome to the Freak Scene podcast with me, Dave Travis, promoter, photographer, and friend to the stars, some of whom pop into the Brum Radio studios for a chat. If you want to listen to the whole show, which includes the music, then pop along to mixcloud.com forward slash Brum Radio. I'm Dave Travis, listening to Brum Radio, and my guest this week is Hugh McGuinness. Hello, Dave. Hello, Paul. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, Hugh McGuinness, uh, most people probably know as the lead singer in Mighty Mighty. Yes, that's my um, that's my uh, bet noir. No, maybe not my bet noir because I I love being in the band. I love the whole uh, the camaraderie of being in the band, making music, singing live, and uh, meeting people that uh, you might want to have sex with. All of that stuff is is obviously great. Yeah, you miss drinking. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I've got a story about that. Which, yeah, yes, yeah. All the, later. Is that all the things that people uh, join a band for? Is um, I think meeting meeting girls might have been my no. I know it was always about the music for me. It always has been. You know, yeah. I'm on me. I'm a music lifer. Um, I spent all my life um, involved, luckily in in various sorts of music enterprises, managing bands, being in the bands, putting out putting out a Mickey Greeny CD, um, managing the sea urchins. I've done lots and lots of stuff which has brought me um, as, as bankrupt in the yes. release once, um, but it's brought me lots of pleasure. You know? Yeah. And you, you can't, it's, I think, I, I mean, I'm, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think life is all about experience, and, and the more experiences you, you, you have, it make you a better person, or just, you know, that's all growth, you know? Yeah. Not, not spiritual particularly, but just, just uh, you know, you, 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 you like life more, I think. Yeah. It, well, for me, it was always about having fun and avoiding getting a proper job. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're getting a lot of people in show business are uh, in the same ill, can't they? So Mighty Mighty, uh, yeah. they, were, they were a big band on the indie scene, weren't they, in the uh, 80s? Well, I was, I can't remember, I can remember some things about the can't, band. Yeah, that's, but, you know, it's, I was just, I was racking my, my brain before before this started, and I went, to, I went to the Wikipedia page, right, just to check. What, just you check know. on your own life. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, the sing- and, and how the singles were released. But, but somebody's put something on it that says we used to, be part of the Oxford scene, yeah. And we used to play at the Jericho Tavern. I'm thinking, no, we're brummies. What's that yeah. about? You know? yeah. But it was interesting to look at the um, the chart positions, uh, the indie chart positions, because I was first in the 34 and in, in the 50, and then it, we did something like uh, uh, second single did 20, and then it was sort of uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So, but I think that was because we'd put records out in chapter 22, and they had a bit more promotion and marketing, and we sold a lot more. Yeah. Being on a bigger indie than our own girly, girly records label, which yeah. was just us sitting around the table going, we'll put a record out, it'll do okay, we'll put another record out, and that was it. So. Yeah, no. It was quite easy, wasn't it, in in those yeah, days in the 80s? Just, but there was a lot of records around, so, you, you know, because um, it was easy, a yeah, lot of but people no, did I, I think Yeah, I think the, the difference between now is there's just so much media, there's so much stuff on it. I mean, if you want to find a band, you go into YouTube, you look yeah. for it, and you, you can hear anything you want these days. And we, it, it, it was a different time. It was, it was an innocent time. Um, and, um, you know, it, 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 we, it wasn't a career. We, we were all on the Enterprise Allowance Scheme when we started, which was 40 quid a week. So, so instead of being on a doll, you're doing that. That's how uh, Happy Monday started, wasn't yeah, it, on the Enterprise yeah, Allowance? Yeah, 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 a few that, bands. Yeah, and if, you, if you're creative any sort of way, just having a few quid yeah. just to, so you can just practice your art, uh, you know, during the week. But, of course, <laughs> of course we never <laughs> – uh, our drummer H at the time said, we should be rehearsing three or four. You know, we should be rehearsing like every day of the week. Yeah. And again, and oh, no, they said do a couple of rehearsals because that's okay. And so you know, so we could have. We could, I think we at the time we could have done a lot more work in terms of uh, learn, learning our craft a little bit better. But you know, let's look back at it. We did enough to make good records, and I can still listen to and think. That's a pretty good vocal. I did a good job there. That's okay, you know. No, so it's a yeah. cracking body of work. I think I was uh, oh, looking well, through it this so. morning. Yeah, no, oh, thank was, you. Uh, yeah, some great. What was uh, I can't remember the singles now. There was well, there was Maisonette, wasn't there? There was uh, yeah. Everybody knows the monkey, which is our first single. Yeah, throwaway, throwaway. Yeah, and. I mean, is, is there anyone out there? Which was the uh, we stole that for the title for my photographic exhibition of, of yeah. uh, Click Club at Berbers at BCU a couple of uh, years ago, um, and we played. And you played Dave. live. That's very <laughs> yeah. kind of you. Thank it's you. All, it's all right. Scratching around back. Scratching around each other's back. No, no. Was, no, that was yeah. great. And, and Mighty Mighty, are you playing together again now? Um, well, yeah. The thing is, we um, you're you're the you're the impetus really indirectly for our re- re- reformation reformation. Yeah. Um, we went. We went to. I think I was DJing at your pop fest. And the June Brides were playing, or it was the night before. I think I went to June to see the June Brides at the at your pop fest thing, and I was standing with Mick, Mick Gagan at the bar of the uh, Heron House upstairs, and we were looking at each other and we we're going, 
God, this is not very good, you know. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Yeah. And uh, so we just left and we went downstairs for a drink. And I just said to Mick, I was a bit drunk, I said, Mick, is there any chance of me rejoining the band? And he, and he said, you've got to be effing joking. Yeah. And I went, uh, okay. And then he said, well, I'll ring the rest of the band members and see what they say. And he said, he said it's okay with me, you know, because he's, he's been my friend for 30 something years. So yeah. there's, not, there's no problem, I don't think. Uh, but then that was the Saturday night. And Sunday night he phoned me and said, yeah, the rest of the band said yes. And I thought, hmm. They really need me. <laughs> well, really do you know, I, uh, <laughs> I think they're, 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 they're great band and all good, good musicians and everything. But I do think that your vocals were very distinctive, and I, I, yeah. I wouldn't like to, you know, say someone shouldn't have a go with somebody else. But I don't think it'd be quite the same without your vocals. Yeah, and that's something that Pete, Pete Gagan, the, the guitarist, said that he said that I, I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite open to other people singing the songs because you know I, I'm like that as a person, really, I think. Um, and but people saying no, no, you you've got the distinctive voice. You have the voice of Mighty Mighty. So yeah, if really. Sing the songs, then it's not quite the same. So. No, no. A lot of bands uh, they sort of reform, don't they, with uh, with new singers. I mean, Stranglers uh, famously, yeah. and uh, they're they're extremely successful doing that. Um, but uh, Queen, yes, that's it. <laughs> Thank you, producer Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but yeah. yeah oh, and the undertones. Can I just do yes. undertones for a second, just because. <laughs> Um, so I put the Mickey Rooney CD out. We're ranging around the place now, uh, and uh, so I put the Mickey Rooney CD out, and nothing was happening with it. I had you know five, eight hundred copies in my bedroom because we couldn't shift it. And then I got a phone call, and there was this Northern Irish voice going, "I can't do the accent, so I won't." Yeah, I said it's Fergal Sharkey. Yeah, I'm just going. Yeah, right, mate. Is it, what? Yeah, yeah. Fergal Sharkey. I'm going. Yeah, yeah. And he went. That's Fergal Sharkey. I went. It's Fergal Sharkey. Yeah. yeah. It's remember the undertones. I was going. Yeah. Undertones. I love the undertones. I've got a great man. The undertones. Oh, you know. Yeah. For about two or three minutes, and he obviously thought I was an idiot, you know. Uh, so I didn't hear from him again. Oh, right. So there you go. So. So if I'd have been a bit more sensible, maybe he would have said, "Oh, we're going to sign Mickey Green." Well, so you really didn't hear from him again. I really didn't hear from him again. Oh, so right. he phoned me once, and that was it. But I, I, I'm, I'm exaggerating the comic effect, but. Um, I hope Mickey Greeny's not listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we can talk about Mickey Greeny yeah. some other time if you want to, you know, press off, press off Mike. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, so so you, yeah. Uh, you you playing live now with Mighty Mighty well, again? No, I think you're going to promote a gig by yeah, <laughs> at I, some point. I try to. We do have a history of talking about like a go-kart Mozart, which oh, we're hopefully yeah. going to, uh, yeah, to, to promote a gig together, aren't we? But that's, we are going to do That's gigs. two years, and it's going yeah. to be over a year. We, we have been talking for two years about go-kart Mozart because I'm a felt fan, really, and I like one of the go-kart Mozart songs, so I can, I can sort of live with that, really. And uh, Lawrence is such a character that you've got to do fascinating, something. fascinating, it's fascinating character. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's worth doing just yeah. for the stories, really, isn't it? But uh, Yeah, I remember meeting, I tell you, I remember meeting Lawrence in the powerhouse on a Wednesday night when they had, like, Wednesday night indie discos back in midst of time. And uh, I said to Lawrence, oh, he's, you know, I was saying, oh, you know, how are you, mate? He said, uh, he says to me, oh, I don't see you very often. I said, well, I said, yeah, but that's because you don't go out. Yeah. Yeah, and that's Lawrence, you know. He's yeah. sort of, he lives in this weird pop star bubble that no one else does. And but he didn't he didn't I didn't see, he didn't go out in the, the Birmingham scene because I don't remember I, him I never at all. saw him out very not much. No, I saw him out and about but you know not yeah, we, uh, not yeah, clubbing we it we're or doing a gig, yeah, he yeah. Was out, but not not any other time. No, famously yeah. wouldn't let people put cheese in his fridge. <laughs> Or have a number, yes, two, number two in his toilet. Where yeah, but how many times do people come around your house and say, oh, uh, can I have a cup of tea? There's any chance I can put this cheese in your fridge. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, yeah. it could happen, and yeah. uh, it's best to be prepared for that eventuality, I, think, yeah. I suppose. Uh, he, he did let some, when I, when I put the Primal Screen gig on, which is a massive failure, but it's got so many stories I can tell you. What was that? Uh, at the Mermaid. Oh, yeah, that was right. an early one, yeah, wasn't it? it was, yeah, yeah. So what? Because I picked up the successful ones after that, didn't I? <laughs> Thanks for making it. Yeah. I lost about. I, I think I lost about. I probably lost about eighty quid or something on it. Yeah. And half of that is Brian Taylor's, and he still hasn't paid me the forty quid back. So I stopped mentioning something. And so yeah, put them on the mermaid, right? So um, the support band were meet with pressure thing, and they went on, and maybe the Quimbies, who were the Sea Urchins, went on first. Yeah. Sea Urchins used to be called the Quimbies back yeah. in the day. Uh, well, just be about eighty-four yeah, or. Five, yeah, it? It's a very early gig. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. I can't, yeah. I really it was pre eighty six anyway. Because yeah, I started promoting eighty six. It was yeah. no, the single had come out because I bought that. Or Bobby, I'd written to Bobby Gillespie who sent me a letter back, and I bought the single or something about that. So, um, so yeah, so the, the support band had played, and they were really, and promise were really, really late, and they turned up at um, 
something like half eleven. Yeah, something, and they, they they had this excuse about turning over on the motorway, and I looked at the van, and there was nothing wrong with it. Obviously, what happened is they they were drinking in the pub, and they went, "Oh God, we got a gig in Birmingham, we got to go now." And so they turned the light, right? And so they played four songs, and the landlord just turned the power off. He yeah. just had the and there was a massive row between Bobby Gillespie and the landlord of the pub, or you know, yeah. and I was just staying over, just still, you know, what they played, you know, <laughs> yeah, they go. And I paid. Well, legally, yeah, yeah, it's three songs or fifteen minutes, whichever is the longest. Thank you. I didn't know that. Yeah. There you go. Well, I just I paid I, I paid Jeff Barrett by chair because he was he was a tour manager there. Jeff Barrett, the Jeff famous Barrett, Jeff, Barrett. Jeff Barrett. Yeah, he's come yeah. to Burberry's a lot. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it's good like, bloke. He's still long, yeah. Love, he lovely, did have long hair, yeah. Lovely yeah. bloke. Yeah, lovely, absolutely lovely guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but Primal Screen were famous for turning up very late. Oh, um, okay. They well, seem to run to their own time yeah, system. Well, yeah, we did those successful gigs with them. Yeah, we had to know that. Yeah, well, yeah, could probably do a show on Primal Screen. <laughs> turning up late story so um, but what a band though I mean yeah through their many incarnations oh uh, yeah but I, I never got it because they put the first single out right the, the B-side's better it happens yeah. why wasn't that the A-side right so instead of all four down they put another single out Crystal Crescent on the A-side Velocity Girl on the B-side Better song on the B side. Yeah, you know, they kept doing that. I didn't quite get yeah. that. Lost the Girl quite, is it's the quintessential it's, sort it's of you know, indie, yeah, C eighty six indie track, exactly. isn't it? And we were on C eighty six as well. What so, track was that? Did you have on C eighty six? Law. Okay. That's right. So yes, we went. We track, we yeah. thought we record it, and uh, we thought we'd we give the fans something they they didn't have. So yeah. we went and recorded a new song for the for this uh, for C eighty six. And we should just put um, is there anyone out there? Is there anyone out there? Or everything? Everybody knows a monkey on it because yeah. that would have been um, that would have just done the job rather yeah. than put something that was a bit quirky and, and stuff. And and of course, Prime Script with Lusty Girl on it. So everything else just sounds a bit sort of uh, it's at half half arsed really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, should we listen to some felt? Let's do that thing. That's the incredible felt and uh, a choice of my guest this week, Hugh McGuinness from Mighty Mighty. Yeah. And uh, that, that just doesn't seem to date, does it? It's just, I think, it's all one of those great records. That yeah. was my face on fire, wasn't it? Yes. yes. Good, good. It was, yeah, I had the single, bought the single, loved the single, sold the single for some scene profit. Regret that to this day, which I've done with lots of my records, but you know. Yeah. And it's one of the better ones. I, I think that there's a patch. I, I, I bought the first felt album, Crumbling Out, Antiseptic Beauty. And I didn't like it particularly because it's uh, it's a bit too ethereal. But it's, it's very it's very delicate, and mm. and I wanted small pop songs, and it's, it's delicate. And it's sort of it's more Vinnie Riley than anything else, mm. I think, you know. And but when they hit that sort of putting the good singles out and Cherry Red bit before they then did Primitive Painters and uh, Ballad of the Band, which is my favourite felt record, but you can play maybe later. Um, that's when I think that thought they were great. And I did go to the last felt gig that you promoted that, at Burberry's. That's right, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Last ever gig. Yeah, I had a pint of beer in my hand. And for some reason, I threw it away because I wanted to dance. And I don't know why I did that. I could have just put it down. On a, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Caught up in the moment. I was just, yeah, I just, yeah it's, it's felt. Yeah. It's the last gig. Uh, they, were, they, they were great, actually. Yeah, I really enjoyed the gig. And I think uh, I, I, I think everything he's done has been brilliant. I love Denim. I thought yeah. uh, there's because uh, that that I think that was Lawrence's. He decided he was going to be a big pop star. Yeah. And uh, so he put a band together <laughs> to be a big pop star because uh, there's a yeah. film uh, we've talked about on the this, this, yeah. this show before about Lawrence of Belgravia. Yeah, I was Have there. you seen that? I was there. So I, was there you, I was there at the uh, at Mac. the Mac. Yeah, yeah with the, the Q and A yeah. after. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. It's yeah, uh, these yeah, are just there's so many great bits. I mean, if, I've said it before, but if you've, you've not seen that film, yeah. dig it out. I think um, I think you have to get it, get it on CD, I think, and DVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's well worth watching. It's there's incredible. a bit in it where he goes into the uh, the A and R man's office with a song called Electro Sex. Yes, and he plays it, and the guy's face is just. I don't quite understand what this is and what we're supposed to do now and what we're supposed to say. Well, I don't understand anyone that wouldn't get everything that Lawrence has done. <laughs> we must get him in on the on the show. Oh, he'd be, oh, he'd be yeah. diamond. Can I come along? I'd just sit in the corner and go, hello, it's Lawrence. There's a Pete Pathides, does a, does a show in London, Soho Radio, and he he was going in to prepare for his show and Lawrence was a, a guest on the, on the yeah. show previous to his. And uh, so they're just making small talk. So Pete, obviously, is a felt fan as well. And yeah. He's going, oh, you know, hello, how are you doing? And uh, Lawrence goes, uh, what are you doing here? He goes, oh, I'm doing the next show. And Pete, uh, and he goes, what? So Lawrence says, what sort of music do you play? He goes, well, you know, a bit of everything. And Lawrence goes, oh, yeah, one of those everything shows. So uh, <laughs> that's, what I, that's what my show is, I think, an everything show, it, anything right, goes. Yeah. But, um, Can I tell a quick Pete Fafidis story? Yes. Pete Fafidis used to be known as Pete Perturbed back in the day when he ran a fanzine called Perturbed. 
Um, and he somehow thinks that I produced Pristine Christine by the Sea Urchins, right? Which, of course, I'm willing to dine out on. And if anyone wants to talk to me about it, I'm willing to say, yes, I'll produce that great pop, sing yeah. pop single. Um, but he broadcast it on Soho Radio. So my friend Andy B was from London, rang me and said, have you heard this? And he said, well, just go to, the, just listen to the link. And uh, Pete Fleet said something like, oh, this is, that was Pristine Christine by Sea Urchins, produced by Hugh, uh, did you call me Hugh Harkin? Hugh McGuinness of Mighty Mighty Fame. He said, that's a fact. So I'd like to say, it isn't a fact. Yeah. I didn't produce a record, but you know, if someone's paying me for some both paying for some stories about it, I'm quite happy to to uh, no, them out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd take that. I wouldn't, you know, it's you never let truth get in the way of a good story. That's yeah, my motto. It's great. Yeah, it's great. yeah. But yeah. Uh, but no. But, so uh, yeah, and hopefully, uh, as I say, you and I, uh, go kart Mozart, go -Kart Lawrence's Mozart latest uh, the incarnation. Sometime in the future, yes. we'll be there. Yes. Two years in the planning. Two years in the planning. It's going to be mega. But, we'll have uh, the dancing girls and the camels and yeah. the rest of the malarkey. And of course, it looks like we we might even get a mighty mighty gig as well sometime <laughs> in the future. Yeah. Maybe we could actually One sort day. that out now, couldn't we? Really? Oh, but, I think uh, we could yeah. do that, Maybe yeah. not on air. <laughs> so uh, let's listen to some mighty mighty. Is there anyone out there? Oh, that's uh, that's orange juice. And uh, before that, we had. Uh, is anyone out there from Mighty Mighty? And my guest this week is Hugh McGuinness, the singer or lead vocalist with Mighty Mighty. <laughs> that's a that's a great two great tracks there. Definitely. Oh, thank you. I like to think that we're bracketing with uh, Orange Juice. Always one of my favourite bands. Um, although I'd like to say that the Associates probably my favourite Scottish band of all time, but Orange Juice is probably a, a good second. Uh, Mick Gagan of, of Mighty Mighty, who's the songwriter, I've got to point this out. Um, He's, an, he's a Joseph K fan, and yeah, yeah. I'm an Orange Juice fan, and we've never, we've never even sort of... Uh, no, I've always liked Joseph K, but I love Orange Juice more than that. Um, yeah, the record we're about to play is by Vic Goddard. It's, um, it's Subway Sex, Different Story. And the record that we, you just listened to, uh, Poor Old Soul Part 2, um, references... Um, the record we're about to play with it's uh, no more rock and roll for you no more rock and roll for you because that's something that Vic talks about in Different Story by Subway Sex let's give it a listen Game here. Oh, that well. was uh, Vic Goddard's uh, uh, sorry Vic Goddard's Subway Sex Different Story um, I'm a big Vic Goddard fan something about his songwriting that really appeals to me and he's one of those sort of unsung well unsung punk pioneers um, uh, you know formed a few months after the uh, the Sex Pistols did, um, but always a bit sort of um, I don't know they weren't losers, but he always had a sort of um, a very dour reputation I think. But the songs are fantastic, particularly uh, that and the A side ambition of the single and things like Chain Smoking and um, yeah, I put Vic Goddard on at the Heron Hounds a few years ago because I loved him and I thought it might be cheaper than. Going, going traveling to London, to London yeah. <laughs> going to we've London all done that one. Yeah, yeah, we've all done that yeah. one. Uh, yeah, and it, it, it sort of worked. I mean, I think I had sort of uh, 50, 60 people there. And I might be exaggerating. Uh, I lost 40 quid, which would yeah. have been a, a night out in London. So, so anyway. far, you're 120 pounds down on your, sh on your promoting <laughs> career. <laughs> keep a tally on this. Uh, I could talk about other promotions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you keep the tally. Thanks, Dave. Um, yeah, and uh, he was really, he, the band were really good. They played really well. Uh, and Vic's uh, a very sort of flighty character. I, I was sitting in the uh, sitting in the sort of dressing room talking to the rest of the band, you know, various people. And Vic would be at the edge of the conversation, and then he'd come in a little bit and say something, and then he'd disappear again. But it, but a nice guy. Right. I did offer him my, my management skills uh, a couple of years ago, and he turned me down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which was might, might be the right reason. I think he's being managed by his wife or his uh, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, and he's still playing, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I hope to put him on some time again in the future. Not when you've know. saved forty pounds up. <laughs> 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 so we're going to move on now to uh, to Brian Holland. Yeah, Brian Holland. Okay, part of Holland, Dozy Holland, as, as everybody knows. Uh, I heard this record first, I think, maybe something like 25 years ago. And I had my friend Andy Beavers, as I mentioned before, from London. He, he sent me a copy, which was a really battered one, of the single. And I, I eventually found a copy in uh, Vintage Vinyl in Wolverhampton. Uh, I told the one behind the counter, I've been looking, I've been looking for this record 25 years, right? And, <laughs> and the record was six quid. And uh, and I said, uh, yeah, so can I have a fiver? She looked at me. Have you been looking? <laughs> yeah, I'm really cheap on it, yeah. I want, I want this record, I'm going to buy it. Can you give me a discount? There you go. But it's, it's, a, it's fantastic, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy the magic of Motown. Well, 
That's Anita Harris with the clapping song. And before that, we had uh, Brian Holland, uh, the choices of my guest this week, Hugh McGuinness. Hi. Hello again. Still here? Still going strong? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I was on the train from, I was on the train back to Liverpool, I think, right? And sitting across me, and the, uh, imagine I'm sort of in the facing forwards, you know, facing forwards. Anyway, and, and, the, and the seat opposite me was a woman. I thought, I recognise that face. I think I know who that is. So, and, but I, I, I dillied, I dallied, and then I thought, right, I'll ask you just before I leave the train because it won't be embarrassing. But it's not who I think it is. Mm. But I said, excuse me, love, are you? Excuse me, love. No, excuse me. Love. <laughs> I said, excuse me, are you in the stubs? She went, no, 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 sorry, I'm Anita Harris. I went, oh, yeah, I get yeah. it, yeah, Anita Harris. And then I had to go across to her and sit opposite and go, oh, yeah, Anita Harris, I really love the clapping song. It's great. When did you record that? She said, oh, 1970, Johnny Harris was the, or Johnny Arthur was the producer or something like that. I was going, how, how good it was. And then uh, and she said, oh, he said, would you like an autograph? Which she was such a pro. Yeah. Would you like an autograph, right? So he pulls out a photo. Right, and she signed it to Shuggy, which is my street name. Yeah, Shuggy was low, street name. My street name. <laughs> People call me Shuggy or call me Shuggy. <laughs> so she signed it to Shuggy with love, right? And it's on my it's on my Facebook page. Actually. Yeah, I put it up there because it's really good. Oh, and it has, um, and I I love that version. And then I then I went. I thought I'll investigate her career a bit more and find out if there's anything great. And there was one great song called London Life. Okay, it's on a single. I can't get it, but it's a really moody, jazzy um, sort of. Beatlesque um, thing, and it's you know you've got to hear it. It's a great thing. Probably from YouTube. Did, did you wish you'd gone over earlier in the train journey? Uh, um, she was with she was with somebody oh, who yeah. looked like her manager, or maybe somebody who was close to her. Yeah, yeah, there's, pro there's probably only so far <laughs> you can drag these conversations out. And so I think you've <laughs> yeah. gone on balance. But, you made the right decision. The photo, the photo was a perfect touch. You know, I mean, yeah, I like that. On the next track yep. is one of my all-time favourites. And uh, it's uh, Lulu to serve with love. This is the um, this was on the the film of the same name, wasn't it? Yeah. Are we talking about this now? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about it now. Yeah, okay, let's talk before it. and after because I think it's but, such a great track. Yeah. Um, what do I know about this? Written by Don Black, Don Black. and Mark London. I think Don Black was a lyricist. He did Born Free, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. He did some Bond and, films and but everything. The best line in that, and I'm sure you're going to agree with yeah. me, is the line about uh, how can you someone who's taking you from Crayons, crayons to, to perfume. perfume. Isn't yeah. that great? That in four words you encapsulate a whole ten or fifteen years of experience. That's just beautiful. I mean, it, that's it, proper song. In a way, it sums up teaching, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. You yeah. know. That's yeah. It. Crayons, yeah. Crayons, 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 yeah. yeah. Going well enough here, you. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. And this is the best version. The first version, the best one. Absolutely, without doubt. And they played. This is played at the end of the film, isn't it? There's a sort of. Yeah, isn't there a sort of dance scene where she sings it to him and the you know and the people dancing? Yeah. So, like in the film, she sort of. Oh, sorry. Is, she, so, no, no, because she's sort of in the in the crowd with the other kids, isn't she? And, and they, she comes. Oh, that's so, right. And she comes through the crowd. Why don't yeah, you sing? So you know, just like it's almost completely unre unrehearsed, <laughs> isn't it? But uh, but it's a fantastic yeah. moment. That's uh, Lulu and uh, to Sir with love. That's uh, one of my favourites and one of your favourites yeah. as well, Hugh. It's a great record. No, I remember. I watched the film. I'm so old. I watched the film when it came out, and uh, <laughs> and uh, several oh, so times. You're, you're a year older than me, aren't you? Yeah, I like to point that out. It's sixty-seven, wasn't it? Uh, when you were, are you 67? No, no, it was 1967, I think. You yeah. saw it at the cinema? No, I didn't see it at the cinema. No, it'd be a little bit later, actually. It'd be on okay. TV. It's probably about 69, 70, so, yeah. But uh, great film, really good film. Yeah, yeah. I think, yes, it's impressive. It's fantastic. I think the, um, and the kids are really well cast, you know, the, 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 the class of kids, really. Yeah, there's, uh, oh, there's, uh, there's uh, Patricia Routledge is in it. And oh, my. Her, her, her character name was Clinty Clintridge. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah which uh, I don't think smacked or something to me. I, I can't. And of course, Judy Geeson, the lovely Judy Geeson. Oh, Judy Geeson, yes, yeah. absolutely. So, yeah, yeah there's some uh, yeah. some well known faces in that great yeah. film and uh, an amazing track. So, um, well, there's another one that uh, another of my favourite tracks, which is also one of yours, is uh, Barbara Streisand. Uh, I'm not ends. a big Barbara Streisand fan. It's yeah, got to be said. I, I'm I'm in that camp of not being a big Barbara Streisand fan. Um, I do a lot of record shopping because when I'm not working, I um, I buy records to sell, and uh, I I've seen every Barbara Streisand record album possible in in charity shops. And um, this single's um, different. It's a Laura Nairo. It's a Laura Nairo. Yeah, yeah, she wrote yeah. it originally. Yeah, she wrote it originally. And this is the and she really sings the. Uh, uh, bores out of this. Well, yeah, I mean, Barbara Streisand, I think, is someone who you could say is 
good and extremely successful at what she does. Yeah. And uh, the law, it's a great, it's, it's Stony End. I don't know if yeah, anyone's Stony ever heard of it. Yeah, Stony End. Right. And uh, the Laura Naro version is great. And it's also covered by the Blossoms and oh. and the Chicks as well. It's a, a New Zealand uh, female duo. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> no, but everybody does, um, everybody does a sort of fairly straight uh, yeah. sort of version of it, as Barbara Streisand does. But I, I do think the Barbara Streisand version really... Edges the original. Yeah, she's okay. got a. She got an incredible. She got whether you like her or not. Yeah, yeah. You cannot fault the fact she's got just an amazing voice. Course, yeah. And I think the arrangement on this as well. Yeah, it's uh, there's yeah. very there's only a few tracks that are, that really yeah. take an original and run with it and, and make it better. I, I think it's country soul. I mean that's 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 the way I'd like to think about it anyway. I don't think about the pop music so. No, oh, it's just it's a, a cracking track. Turn up loud. Listen to this. Stony End. <laughs> Uh, it's Barbara Streisand and Stony End. Uh, I hope you're all dancing around your computers or your uh, mobile devices to that because uh, <laughs> it really does deserve to be played loud and uh, and danced to. I think. Yeah, yeah it's it's one of yeah one of my favourites. And I was saying Dave, I was off air. I was saying Dave and Paul the story about dancing around uh, the kitchen. Uh, my uh, the best friend of my two mice is called Russell Burton. He's got a house in Leicestershire and he's got a lovely big kitchen. And we'd been to a part. We'd been partying all night and. Uh, at 4 a.m., someone someone put that record on, and Roni just it was just mighty mighty, you know, girlfriends and wives, and we were dancing to it, and it was just like a magical few minutes of uh, you know of love yeah. and friendship, you know. Yeah, no, it's got that feel to it, hasn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's almost like we've programmed the show because the next one is the Stone Ponies. So <laughs> yeah, so Stone, that, yeah. Stone. Yes, we're making a connection there. Yeah. It's like Blockbuster, I think. With any. Um, right, so Stone Ponies. Okay, so in nine, in 2007, I had some money uh, for my dad's estate. And I thought I need a holiday because I hadn't been on holiday for, for years. So I thought, right, well, I'm going to Philadelphia because I want to go to one particular record shop, Val Shively's uh, shop in Philadelphia, which I didn't reach because of all sorts of reasons. Um, so the first couple of days, I was a bit scared because I was in a big city. I didn't know what the, you didn't know what the street was like, and I was a bit worried about getting mugged or anything like that. But anyway, I found I went to, I was staying in a hotel for the first couple of nights. On the second night, I thought, oh, I should go out do something, right? So I opened the free paper, um, which is called the Philadelphia Herald, I think, and I'm making it up. <laughs> and uh, um, there was something called a quizzo, a quizzo, which is like a pub quiz. Um, and uh, it was four blocks um, south and three blocks west or something, I think, at a place called Dirty Franks, which is a bar. It's not like the cheers the bar and cheers you walk into. The so you thought this was a safe option, did you, to go to well, Dirty well, Franks <laughs> seven blocks away from yeah, your no, hotel? So seven, seven blocks is, is yeah. walking yeah. from here into town, into, yeah. you know, into Birmingham City Centre from, from uh, Warehouse Cafe. Um, yeah, so I got there and I started talking to this. Uh, so I walked in and I thought, oh, who's the quiz master? And there was a guy called Quiz Master Chris. I know that because I talked to him, but he also had a big top hat with a big question mark on it. I went, he's doing the quiz, isn't he? So I talked to him and I said, I'm, I'm English, I'm from England. And, and he introduced me to his friend Lisa, who was a, an Anglophile, massive fan of sort of um, 40 Towers and all the sort of Brit, Brit comedy, which I like, but you know, but it was nice mm. to talk to somebody. Mm. I'm drinking beer and sort of doing the quiz and talk to Chris, talk to Lisa, having a great time. It's Wednesday night, right? And it's then it's two o'clock. Like I'm thinking, it's two. How, it's like two, they, they last order two o'clock, right? So I'm a bit drunk, and then Lisa introduced me to a, a boyfriend, Dave, and uh, they say, "Do you fancy another beer?" I, I, I said, "Well, yeah, yeah." We live around the corner. I was thinking, okay, thirteen, thirteen Lombard Street, shouldn't say that, but that's where they live, all lived. Um, so we're around the corner. This does, do people in America do listen to this? Please don't knock in the door and <laughs> yeah. interrupt them in any sort of in any way. Okay, so I, I walk up. I walk up the stairs. They've got a long row house. I walk in. I look to the right hand side. They've got a baby grands. But more interestingly for me, uh, I looked to, to, uh, beyond that, and they had records from the time, records. They had lots and lots of vinyl. Okay, shelves all the way across the, the, the room. I walk further on. I uh, look to, look down to my left. And they've got boxes of singles going all the way up the stairs to the first floor. And I say to Dave, I say, Dave, so what do you do, mate? He said, I'm a record dealer. I went, oh, isn't this the greatest moment of my life? Uh, unfortunately, he liked a lot of um, 60s pop and lots of sort of white bread records. I call them like white bread. I'm not saying that they're bad, but they're just 60s pop, a little like the Stone Ponies record, which we're about to hear now. Um, I bought a few things from him. But the best thing about that was my friend Lisa, who I still correspond with. And um, I've got to go back to Philadelphia one day because it was such a... I had such a I had the best three months, I think, of my life, really. I just spent all the time. I was in record shops. I was at lectures. 
uh, I saw Camille Paglia talk. I mean, I, I I did lots and lots of interesting stuff for me, and uh, it just it just it helped with my it helped with my dad's death, and also helped me sort of you know blow out a lot of um, cobwebs. Really, it was a really good time. Yeah, let's listen to it. Stone Ponies. That's different drum from uh, Stone Ponies. That's the the choice of uh, Hugh McGuinness, my guest this week, and that that's been covered many times, hasn't it? Yeah, the Lemonheads version and the Pastels did quite a nice, yeah. nice job on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably most people know it from the Lemonheads version, yeah. really, don't they? But that's more to do with Mike Nesmith's songwriting, really. I, I just think that's a really it's, it's just a very clever song the way the way it sort of flows from verse to chorus and, and the middle. Eight. So I like the songwriting much as the. The, uh, the song itself. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's a good track. We've got some good stuff coming up here. We got to, got a bit more soul coming as well, haven't we? What did we say was next? I've forgotten. Um. <laughs> I've forgotten where we are. Now. Oh, we're going to do. Thank you, producer Paul. Yeah, you yeah. get off your phone and pay a bit more yeah. attention. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I think that was our fault. Well, that was my fault because well, I didn't have a story. I have a story. Yes, you so, have a story about so the spinners? I, no, I don't have a story about the spinners. Although the fact that the record's called the Motown Spinners, so it's to differentiate itself from the Liverpool folk group with the big, yes. the big chunky sweaters, which I never liked really. No, um, but. Um, I love this is the, the, the single uh, this about to play is the B side of It's a Shame by the Detroit Spinners, No Time Spinners. Um, I just got, I don't know how I discovered this. It's just one of those things that came out of nowhere, and I prefer the this B side to the A side. Um, I've always been a soul boy. Um, I spent my my youth buying Otis Redding singles from Reddingtons. I, I at seventeen, I worked in a metal, metal bashing factory. And I earned fifty-seven pounds a week. I remember that, uh, and so I gave a tenth to my mum, and then the rest I, I didn't know what to do with it. I was so young. I just I, I had these riches, and so I went to Reddington's every week for ten weeks, and I bought one Otis Redding single. I don't know why I did that. I just yeah. did. Um, so I had a lot of Otis Redding singles. Then I discovered record players, and I started to buy a lot of soul. But the thing that the thing soul music has been such a, a pivotal and essential part of my life that I don't really think that. Um, no, it's it's really is it's um, you know <laughs> I say about my 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 friend Joe calls me a black woman, which I'm not, but I like these it's sentiment really. Um, I it just it just is it, integral to my to my uh, being. So, and I could have played thirty soul records. I could have chosen twenty or thirty soul records, but um, I wanted to give more a sort of flavour of who I am as much as the. You could come soul. back and do a do a DJ mix, do a soul DJ mix. I, You've done I that would, before, now. I would love that. That'd, that'd be a good that'd idea. Be fantastic. Yeah, no, yeah, I'd be, okay, I'd be yeah. well up for that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, so this is sweet thing by the Motown Spinners. That's the Spinners, sweet thing. That's uh, that's a great track as well, that's isn't it? It's a great track, yeah. yeah. I've got, as I said, I prefer it to, to the A side. Uh, the next song is Joe Armstead. Joe Armstead, thank you very much for that. It's called the I Feel an Edge uh, Coming On. This is the first Northern Soul record I bought, and I didn't even realize it was Northern Soul record when I bought it. I bought it blind in a shop. Um, yeah, Camp Hill. Okay, Camp Hill, as you walk down to down to Stratford Road, there used to be a lot of junk shops, second-hand shops on the left-hand side, which don't exist anymore. Um, but I bought maybe six singles blind in there. That was 50 pence. I've written my name on it. It's got Hugh written on it, which is it's, it's a no-no as far as the you know, record collectors go. Uh, it's just it's a great record, and I'd like you to play it. So. That's the Dells, uh, another choice of my guest this week, Hugh McGuinness for, uh, from Mighty Mighty. Yeah, that's the Dells. Um, we're dancing around the studio here, aren't we? Yeah, we're yeah. dancing, hugging, and uh, kissing each other. Yeah. Oh, oh, was that my well, no, well, no, one of those was true. <laughs> one of those but yeah, so I'll leave it <laughs> to listeners to work out which one. Yeah, so anyway, that, that, that record is so good. Okay, I'll put this on a CD compilation with a friend of mine, or it's actually a cassette tape, remember, back in the day. And apparently, he had to pull over. Uh, it was just so he joined his car and he had to pull over and listen to the full glory of it and play it again because it's, it's a great record. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that definitely. Um, and we that, we spoke about you coming back actually and doing a doing like a soul mix. I think yeah, that's a good I, idea. Yeah, I'd love to because yeah. I'm, I'm a soul boy and uh, chatting's was, lovely. Yeah, but, yeah, you know. Let's, Although uh, as I'm getting older, God, it's coming to me. I I, I never thought I liked jazz. Right, I never did. Uh, I like the jazz. And some like soul jazz now. So yeah. I've got some soul jazz stuff that I'd like to play. Really. Yeah. You know, stuff like, uh, but the more Latin stuff like Eddie Palmieri or um, Charlie Palmieri, <laughs> the brothers. <laughs> and, it's uh, a hell of a coincidence if we're not. Well, bizarre. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Ray Barretta, there's a great track by Ray Barretta called um, Together, which I don't have. 
maybe we could possibly squeeze it in before the end of the show. Yeah, sure, true. See if we can dig that out. But uh, yeah, we'll sort that out. Come back and do a, we'll yeah. do a sort of a soul mix. And uh, we're going to move on to the Walker Brothers. Yeah, next. I'm, I'm a, oh, God, the Walker Brothers. Again, big part of my life. I've had all of the Scott Walker albums. I've had all the Walker Brothers albums as well. Um, and this is My Ship is Coming In, written by Joey Brooks. I don't think there's a better version than this, although I have a version by a guy called Walter Jackson, who's a soul guy, as always. Uh, uh, and he sings it well, but there's something epic about this, this Scott Walker version of... Uh, no, sorry, the Walker Brothers yeah. version of uh, My Ship's Coming In. That's uh, the, My Ship's Coming In from uh, the Walker Brothers. Monumental, that is a much great uh, Yeah, track. Scott Walker, just one of those guys that uh, whose voice defines the 60s for me, I think. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, you can't mistake a... It's one of those artists that you just yeah. can't mistake for anything else. Although, and it's this fairly conventional voice in a lot of ways, isn't it? Yeah. But it's the way the arrangements and I think yeah, the way I he uses so. his voice. Yeah, the first single, which maybe I should have played instead, is... No, the second single that to Walker Brothers released in the UK is called Love Her. And that's more a sort of... It's produced by Nick Vanette, who produced the Beach Boys and did some other work later on. Um, and that's very much a sort of... that's That's... I think that's a template for every Walker with a single that came after it, including My Ship Was Coming, because it's, it's very much that big, epic, sub-spectre-type um, soundscape, you know? Um, although I don't... I, I, I think I, I the last Scott Walker LP I bought was Climbs of Hunter back in 1983. I think it was one of a thousand to buy it. Um, that's apparently how many it sold. Wow. Um, and I liked some of the songs on there, although they're called Track Six, Track Seven, and you don't, you can never remember which one you yeah. want to play. Um, but he's got, he's, he seems to have got more and more. Um, I don't know. He seems moved in sort of avant-garde world of music making. But I, I don't. I, I just want to hear that voice. And probably he, he's in the seventies now, so maybe the voice isn't, isn't there. Mm. Although I was hearing some some proper songwriting from him. I, 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 I you know, appreciate that. That's that's his choice to make. But that's where that's a skull walk on. Yeah, it's one of those voices you could sing almost anything really, and yeah, you'd uh, you, right. you know you'd listen to it. Uh, so what uh, what have we got next? Uh, this is another voice that can sing absolutely everything. This is James Carr, Dark End of the Streets. <laughs> Fantastic! Another another great choice there, Hugh. Oh, thank you. That's uh, James, James Carr. Carr. Yeah, Dark in the Street, written by Chip Smoman and Sam Penn. Um, yeah, I just just a great soulful spiritual uh, record. I always like. There's a version which is very funny uh, by uh, Clarence Carter called. Uh, it's called making. Yeah, making. It's called making love at the dark end of the street, and it's just a sermon. He just talks about driving out to the country with 50 cents worth of gas in the car and making love to a beautiful woman. <laughs> it goes on for a few minutes like that. And then he breaks into at the dark end of the street at the end of it. And if you, if you get a chance to hear that, you should. Yep. So we're going to move on now to uh, the Sea Urchins, another of my favourite bands, Birmingham band. Yeah, Birmingham band. I've, oh, God, I've, I've got, so I have a million stories about the Sea Urchins. I used to manage the Sea Urchins for a while. But I was more a sort of uh, leggy Mountbatten manager, you know, the the guy, the, the Russell's man, the Russell's manager, than uh, than very effective. I had big plans. I talked to them. I remember going around to the, to our house in West Bromwich and saying, "We're going to get Roy Wood to produce you. We're going to do this, this, mm. and this." None of it came to fruition, really. Um, I did arrange a nine-single production and distribution deal with Nine Mile. Nine Mile, yeah, the yeah. legendary Nine Mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, back yeah. at the day, yeah. And I had to, um, it was a weird one because I had to I had to sort of go and meet uh, Rod Thompson and Craig Jennings who were working at Nine Mile at the time. I had to meet them in a blues pub on a Saturday. So I walk into this pub full of blues and I'm thinking, oh, we're getting out of here alive. And sort of sidle over and go, can we do this? And we're going to, yeah. And they did a couple of beers. And uh, so I left there. Um, anyway, so a night, a night, honestly, a nine single production deal, a production and distribution deal was unheard of at that time. And I thought I was, yeah, it was brilliant. I was going to record with Supergroup, which was more one of my side projects. Yeah. Uh, I was going to do at least a few searching singles and a single or two by my friend Johnny Collins's band, Boats Not Ships, who then became Modesty Blaze and released a few records back in down Bristol. Um, so I was really pleased about it. So I rang Robert Cooksey and I said, listen, yeah, what, well, I, I did nine singles, do that, that, that. He said, oh, we just signed to Sarah Records. <laughs> and I went, oh, and I said a swear word and I yeah. put the phone down on him and I didn't talk to him then for well, probably about a couple of years, really. Yeah. Although I was there when 
they recorded Pristine Christine. No, I had a cassette of it. They gave me a cassette and they said, which one of the things do you sing, sorry, songs do you think we should put out as a single? And I went, Pristine Christine. They went, yeah, we thought that as well. So I did have some small things. Well, not small things, but they'd already signed that. Um, but the B-side is Solon Eyes. One of the tracks, the two tracks on the B-side, and you can hear Solon Eyes now. No, and Wild Grass Pictures we've got. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's my font, Charlie. Yeah. Sorry. Wildgrass Pictures, which is the B side of the third or fourth single. Well, let's hear it. That's the Sea Urchins and Wildgrass Pictures. Yeah, and that's Solonize, as I thought programmed. Um, the Sea Urchins, yeah. Um, so, a couple of years ago, I just, well, I don't know. I was talking to, I'd, I'd become friends with Robert Cooksey again. We decided that, or we thought that maybe we could get the Sea Urchins back together for some reformation gigs, just reform and get some gigs. And uh, so, yeah, so I put that idea into place and we finally got them all in uh, together at a qu- quite, at the Quaker meetings hall, meeting halls in, in town. I don't know quite why I booked that, but anyway, I did. And uh, we sat around for a bit, but there'd been a, lot of, been a bit of sort of grief uh, between a couple of members of the band and it didn't happen. But the other side of that was that... Um, as soon as I'd sort of even intimated in a small way that they might be reforming, I had Carl Phillips uh, of Mosley Folk yeah. Festival uh, contacting me and sort of saying, yeah, I'd love to put them on, put them on a Friday, they can be third from the top of the bill and we'll pay you this, this amount of money. And I was thinking, this is great. And then the guys at Fire Station Records who put out the Mighty Mighty Beast Max tapes. And Fire Station, yeah, great yeah, label. Yeah, we played a lot of that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. great label. Great guys, and they they were they're were going to put out maybe put out our next record, Mighty Mighty next record, um, and uh, they got in touch and they were just going, is it true? Are they going to reform? Are they going to come over to Germany? And they offered me five hundred quid, and I went, ah, sorry mate, we don't get out of bed for less than five grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure we would, we would have. I mean, I thought that they were worth that sort of cash, and I was looking at. Booking, booking Lexington in in London and doing a couple of shows there. It would have done really, really, really well. Well, but, the, the Fire Station Records put uh, the Man Upstairs, uh, oh, album, the Man yeah, Upstairs. a compilation album, and that, that sold out in in a matter of weeks. Yeah, and the Sea yeah. Urchins were a bigger band than the Man Upstairs, oh, a much absolutely. bigger band, oh, national profile, yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, I think that yeah, I mean, not only is Pristine Christine possibly along with the Lost Girl, the one of the defining indie indie pop records. Um, but they had so many great songs apart from that and then they became Delta and I really think and they put some records out and, and made yeah but another so, great band as well yeah, you know. yeah so, I mean yeah again I, I never quite understood why they weren't massive but maybe I don't know I, I don't quite understand that um, but back to Sea Urchins so yeah so that fell apart quite quickly after we had the meeting uh, I went to the pub and sat around drinking beer with the guys, uh, trying to work out how we could maybe do this again. Mm. Maybe it's, uh, it's not quite the right time now, but maybe in a couple of years we can talk about it again. It'd be good to uh, be good to. Uh, you know, I enjoy seeing new new bands and listening yeah. to new music. But uh, do you know with bands like that, it is good to, uh, to to see them again. I think one last time. It's interesting that Carl at. Um, at uh, jazz and folk festivals was it? I mean, that's what I like about a folk festival. Yeah. Carl and Jerv and, and John at Books it there. Yeah. They are music fans, and something like that, they they yeah. will pay just yeah. just but, to put but, it on because they think it's a good idea and they want to see it themselves. Also, they also, I also think that Friday night is the is the pop night or the rock, yeah. pop rock night rather than being a, a folk night really. Um, and I, I used to well, I used to live behind the um, <laughs> behind Mosley Park, and uh, uh, I heard Echo and the Bunny playing the cutter. Yeah, in my bath, in my, I'm, I'm in my kitchen, did washing up, yeah. playing the cutter. I'm thinking, I should have gone away for the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> you know. If you not, did you do you not go to it? No, not really. No, I, I'm not. I'm not a folk. I'm not a folk fan. I, I would have gone to maybe. The yeah, but they have Public Jazz. Enemy play at the jazz festival, so I think they're fairly, fairly <laughs> yeah, elastic with their yeah. genres there. Yeah, to be course, honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but it, no, this it's just a great weekend, uh, the jazz yeah. and the folk festival. Yeah. Uh, I don't get paid to advertise them, but um, well, yeah, but it is. It's just it's great, just, great weekend. It's such a lovely yeah. setting, and it I think the variety of music, yeah. Yeah. and I think I think sometimes I think yeah. some of the booking is is really inspired, and I think they yeah. um, they really do try and to to put on a way of sort of getting that mostly music. Community together yeah. as well, you know, Mercy Kings, 
think I said, you you meet everyone you've ever met in your life in in at the festival. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I just stay backstage. Obviously, I don't, don't come, <laughs> well, come I front of house. But, it's so. just VIP. Yeah, don't yeah, mix with the yeah, in the se- champagne all the way, baby. In yeah, the secret backstage like. bar. <laughs> 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 there's the secret secret. Does, yeah, bar, which you, even you can't get into. I know, yeah, I know, I know about it. I just don't <laughs> want to go there. Just, <laughs> I'm quite happy where I am. Thank you. So we're going to move on to uh, to <laughs> Tramp. No. Yeah, no. This is really interesting. I, I, I don't quite remember where I got this from. I know it's got something to do with Brunning Blues Band back in the uh, late sixties. Uh, it's on Spark Spark Records, which of course is a fairly rubbish label if you collect British labels. Um, the only good record I know on Spark is um, by Pepperbox Hot Pepper. Is it Hot Pepper? Might be yeah, anyway. So, but this is a really slow ballady thing that I think is a great white white blues soul record. That's uh, Saturday, Norma Jean Wright. That's uh, another great choice there, Hugh. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, that's brought me so much joy. I, I always play that before I go on a Saturday night, you know. Well, if you well, go on a Friday. Uh, I, yeah. That's you, a you stay one. in? I know I play Friday on my mind. Oh, of course, yeah. When I go out. yeah. Uh, or any other song, Friday's, Friday I'm in Love by The Cure. That's yeah. My, that's my little t- cheers for Friday. Uh, uh, Thursday's Child by... <laughs> come on, let's do the whole week. Okay, well, Thursday's <laughs> by Tuesday's Child by Cat Stevens. We play on Tuesday. Monday, I play Manic Monday. Uh, Wednesday, I play Wednesday with Ben Sounds. Uh, Thursday, Thursday, I play. Uh, can anyone think of a Thursday record? Oh. No. What about uh, Sunday? I play Sunday morning coming down. You could do. Yeah. Or the uh, Sundays. You could no, put the whole album. No, it's got to be. It's got to be. It's got to be the start of the record. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. That's, that's how it works. Is yeah. this the? Is this the rule? What a great competition. <laughs> if, um, if everyone could just. We'll just put pause on here. We'll just go run through the show. Let's get it. Let's do it all properly. Friday, you know, Thursday yeah. afternoon. Oh, thank you, producer Paul. Oh, you've just you're cheating. Just <laughs> you're googled cheating, it. Cheating. You got it. It's got to oh, be in your head. Heads, you're not the sort of per, you're not the sort of person that googles the answers at pop, pub no, quizzes. No, 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 no. no, no. no you've got to go to the toilet at uh, pop time. quiz. Uh, so, uh, well, yeah. we're, we're almost at an end. Yeah, we've got yeah. so we've got it's a few been, more tracks to play. It's been lovely. I've had a great time. Thank you, Paul. That's no, been know. fantastic. Really, a great choice of music. Really enjoyed it. So, uh, you're so you're in Mighty Mighty again. Yeah, I'm in Mighty Mighty again, and we're recording songs for an album. We've recorded eight songs at the moment. We're recording another three i think next uh Saturday and sunday and then we'll uh remi- we'll mix mix and remix and maybe add some more uh vocals because i'm not quite happy with some of the vocal takes of my those again and then we plan to release it possibly on fire station records who put out the beatmax takes beforehand so that's where we are at the moment okay oh we'll smash it well i'll look, look forward to that yeah, you'll get a freebie dave Oh, fantastic! Yeah, we'll play it on here. Yeah, um, that's what I do. Okay. Well, I think what we'll, we'll we'll do we're almost at an end. So, uh, should, should we let's listen to Otis Redding before we say goodbye, shall I we? Think we'll that's, a, that's a good idea. Thank you. That's uh, Otis Redding, and she's all right. And uh, we've reached almost reached the end of the show. Yeah. You? I, yeah, just I chose that Otis Redding record because it's a, one of his very first singles, and no one, it's really good, and it never gets played anywhere. So I thought uh, I didn't share it with you. Um, yeah, so Kevin Rowland. We were talking about Kevin Rowland earlier, off off air, and uh, I thought I'd mention Kevin Rowland because I'm going to play a Frank Sinatra record now, and I really like Frank Sinatra, Kevin. Okay, uh, this is time after time. I, I I don't know quite how I got into Frank Sinatra, but I've, I've now got 15, 14 LPs and five CDs of his work, and I just love him. I think his interpretation of Cole Porter songs is probably where I got into him, but um, I like pretty much everything he does. And if you get a chance to buy a copy of Songs for Swinging Mothers, that's the LP to start with and move on. No, no, I've got a copy of that, definitely. Yeah, well, I haven't got 14, but I've probably got four no, or five at least. <laughs> yeah. And talking of Kevin Rowland, he's uh, appearing, he's doing a DJ show yeah. at the Hare and Hounds. Is it the Hare and Hounds? Yes, on, uh, on the, uh, April the 6th. April the 6th, is that a Friday night? It is so, indeed, yes. Oh, yeah, a bit of promotion there. show with your good graces. Hopefully. That's right, yeah, definitely. It's uh, I, I, I did it, well, 10 years ago, I put on his first uh, DJ. I, I, just, I talked yeah. to him at a gig and, uh, yeah, yeah, and he... Uh, uh, can you, do you want to tell that story again? The, well, I met, I met him at a, a pulp gig in 1999, and uh, I, I got chatting. And I said, "Have you ever thought about doing any DJing?" And uh, he said, "No, I haven't." So I said, "Well, there's my card. Give me a ring if you change your mind." So nine years later, the phone goes, and he goes, "Oh, hello, Dave. It's Kevin. I've uh, thought about what you've been saying, and yes, I would like to." I thought, "Okay, fair enough." But he did it, and he was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I, I... First one, he did. He, he sort of, you know, he'd not done any before, and he just. 
Because he's, you know, like yourself, loves music. Because yeah. you DJed for me as well, didn't you? It's did. the Click Club I of Burberry's. Year, I spent a year at the whole face of Burberry's playing records to indie, indie records to pissed up people. Yes. And I had a great time doing it. Yeah. No, no, it was yeah. you and uh, DJ Fontana, Derek, Derek Hammond, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and then I think Brian Taylor. Brian Taylor. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. the legend. Oh, I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I've also put, this is, uh, uh, yeah, another losing promotions story. Uh, I love yeah, them, Hugh. So, yeah, that's why I'll <laughs> lay one on you. So I put, I've also put Kevin Rowland on twice doing DJ sets for, uh, at the Hair and Hands. And, but the first one, um, I think I got about 90 people, but my phone has never been so hot. Everyone was ringing me saying, when's he playing? What's on you on? Bill Reef for Wolverhampton just half an hour before the gig saying, oh, can you just let him, can he just delay a set so we can get up? I'm yeah. going, I'm sorry, it's just like, it's a gig, you know? Yeah. You should have this out beforehand. Um, the best, so I got 90 people in, I think I was trying to turn ahead. And, uh, and I, I had to pay him £1,200, I think, or something like that. And I had the cash with me, or most of it anyway. So I gave him this big one for the cash. And he said, well, how do you do? And I went, uh, I think I lost some three or 400 quid. Yeah. And he just gave me three or 400 quid back. He mm. just went, yeah, he's, here, that, have that, mate. And I thought, what a decent guy. I mean, he is absolutely he, lovely. He's a lovely, a lovely yeah. guy. I, I, I've heard so many bad stories about him, but I don't believe. He's been around a long time, and yeah, you know yeah. everyone's different, and yeah, people not so. everyone gets on with everyone. But I don't, uh, from from uh, obviously from your uh, experience with him and mine, yeah, uh, he's he was, uh, he absolutely a pleasure yeah. to work with. So, and I'm looking forward to that very much indeed because yeah. he does a DJ show, so it's not yeah. so he doesn't just it, DJ. When is it again, Dave, is it Friday or sixth of April? Well, finish should ask that. It's Friday sixth of April at the Hair and Hands. Tickets are on sale now, uh, ten pounds. So uh, <laughs> do, do get along though, because it is very reasonable price for for the quality of. Uh, it is probably oh, too cheap. I forgot to tell my, st- my, my other Kevin Roll story quickly. Oh, God. Um, I was, uh, so anyway, so the first gig, um, I talked to Kevin. I said, I'm in the band. I do a bit of singing. He said, well, do you want to sing with me? I went, all right, okay, let's do that. So I, he said, well, we're doing Let's Get It On. I thought, I don't know that at all. I better, uh, okay. So well, I couldn't turn it down. So I, I followed him on the stage. He gave me a mic. I, I stood to one side. He puts the record on. He starts singing Let's Get It On, right? He's singing, he's doing what I and I, I'm joining in. I've got no idea what I'm doing, so I'm trying to do some high harmonies. And I can see him. He's got his hand on the fader, and he's just uh, and he's just pulling it down. He's pulling yeah. it down, and right, and I'm right out of the mix. I'm going okay. Yeah. So, so that's how it is. He's a proper singer. I'm just someone who likes a bit of amateur. That's that's almost like a sort of promoter's anxiety dream, isn't it? But <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I've I've sung with Kevin Rowland. Yes, uh, you have. Can't take that away from him. He thought it was shit, but he's sang <laughs> with Kevin Rowland. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but thanks very much yeah, for thanks. coming in. Cheers, thanks, Fantastic Dave. choice of music, and we will, uh, when Thank we're off air, we'll sort a date out and come in and do a DJ soul mix. I think that would be lovely, brilliant. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.